1: With your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go, Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the six man show. Today is December 8th, 2022. The Magic have finally won a game. Luke Sylvia, what's going on? Won a game. Look at that. You know, Mosley,
2: he's been saying it. You just need to get that one, and then we can go from there. Magic got the one. Oh, we'll man. see. We'll see what the games ahead bring. But I, I feel better than I did the last time we were here.
1: Yeah, honestly, like I, I put this in the post game video, and I've talked about it with you and Kevin. Like I hate losing more than I like or love to win. And tonight it just mm. felt good to not lose. Like just really like, sure, it's it's great to get the win, but not being the losing team tonight to me is even a little bit better. So we're recording this um, just about 11 o'clock Wednesday night after the Magic's overtime win at home over the Los Angeles Clippers. We will get into that game. We're also going to talk about the Magic's loss on Monday against the Milwaukee Bucks as well. But before we do that, we do have a couple of things to take care of. First of all, uh, coming up, uh, not this coming Friday, but the following Friday, the 16th, the Magic are taking on the Boston Celtics. The Magic will be in Boston. So we are having another watch party uh, that we are partnering with the Orlando Magic and Michelob Ultra. This time we're going to be at Cabo's Bar and Kitchen, which is located at 900 East Washington Street. Again, that is going to be the 16th. The watch party starts at 7 o'clock. Tip-off will be 7.30 for the Magic versus the Celtics. So if you guys are in the area, please make sure you come out. The Magic will always do uh, giveaways. Uh, usually they, they have a DJ there playing music. Obviously, the, there's going to be great food at, at Cavo's, and I'm sure there will be some Michel- Michelob Ultra specials as well. So make sure that you guys come out. It's going to be a great time. Again, that's going to be at Cavo's Bar and Kitchen. 900 east washington street
2: and i want jonathan to interject here real quick i've got the menu pulled up i know people love the food people love the food and uh let's see here the uh one second here i'm just gonna send this to you all right i'm gonna send in the chat but i I have my eye
1: i've got it now on something here in front of me i'm looking i'm
2: interested i'm interested in the pizza steak sandwich a little thinly sliced ribeye and sautéed onions and homemade marinara. Top of oh, provolone mama. on a fresh baked hoagie roll.
1: That looks like I'm, a problem. That also looks like heartburn city for me.
2: That's fine. That's fine. It, it helps me celebrate a win or, or grieve in a loss eating that thing. So that's a second half dish for me, I
1: think. That looks fantastic. The meatball sandwich looks incredible. Can never what? go wrong. The Roast Pork Italiano, seasoned pork with fresh garlic, rosemary, cracked black pepper, slow roasted and carved thin, served with Mm sautéed spinach, provolone, roasted red peppers, topped with Pecorino Romano on a fresh baked hoagie roll. Are you serious, Cavos? Oh, you and me are going to tango next Friday (laughs) night. Again, (laughs) December 16th, 7 o'clock, Cavos Bar and Kitchen, 900 East Washington Street. See you there. Let's get into the state of the Magic so far this week. The Magic are 1-1, and 500 with a chance uh, to to maybe even have a winning week this week. Who knows? I, I don't know. I don't want to get too crazy. far ahead of ourselves. But it brings them to a record on the season of 6-20. and They do have the worst record in the league. The Magic have an offensive rating of 108.8, which ranks 27th in the league. And if you're not familiar with these ratings, uh, basically what we're talking about, offensive rating is, how many points per 100 possessions do the Magic score? And the Magic, uh, they have a defensive rating, which is how many points do they give up per 100 possessions. They have a defensive rating of 115, which ranks 27th in the league. And then their overall net rating is negative 6.1, which is 27th in the league. Looking at the injury report, Jonathan Isaac remains out as he rehabs from his left ACL tear. Chuma Okiki is still out with knee soreness. Okay, okay. Chuma Okk, why do I always do that? Man, they're gonna <laughs> kill me for this one. Chuma Okk, folks, I owe somebody out there. You know, I owe Chuma probably like twenty dollars if we're making like an Okiki Okk swear mm. jar. Mm. I'm really sorry, Chuma. Uh, uh, he doesn't like me, but it's okay. Wendell <laughs> Carter Jr. is still out with the plantar fascia strain. Jalen Suggs, he's still out with the right ankle soreness. And then Gary Harris is still out with the hamstring injury. We do have an update on Jonathan Isaac. Pretty exciting. On Tuesday, Kobe Price reported that Jonathan Isaac uh, is going to be practicing with the Lakeland Magic in Lakeland uh, just to get some run, to get some five-on-five. It's the next part of his rehab. Uh, He met with the media. On Tuesday uh, in the Advent Health Training Center, and basically said, you know, he played one quarter, 12 minutes with the Lakeland Magic. Uh, They had a couple of breaks in between, but he said he felt pretty good. He started to get a little bit tired at the end, uh, but it was just good to finally get out there against other professional basketball players and and run and bang and and jump and everything like that. And it's going to take time for everything to come back for him, he said, but uh, he feels good, Luke, and it's pretty exciting. It was funny, Luke. That I tweeted on Monday because Kemba Walker uh, was playing with the or practicing, I think, with the Texas Legends. The I think it's the Dallas Mavericks G League affiliate. And I tweeted that we need to normalize NBA players having G League rehab assignments. And then on Tuesday, we find out that Jonathan Isaac basically is getting a somewhat of a rehab assignment with the Lakeland Magic.
2: I I hope that we're able to get not just photos from him rehabbing in Lakeland. I want footage. I don't know who can go. I don't know who can make it happen, but I'd love to see footage against John, you know, Jonathan Isaac running against the G league players, uh, obviously in Lakeland Let's see what he's doing. I'm the, I will be highly anticipating those videos
1: and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like you could set up a camera and, and film for all 12 of those minutes and just pick out one or two, if he scores, mm-hmm. post it. People will get excited about that. But or he's blocking shots into the wall. I would love that very much. Yeah. I do think that we should normalize like guys that are rehabbing getting some 100%. time in the G League. Like his rookie year as he was working back from the ankle injury, he I believe he played, you know, a game or a couple of games it might have been mm-hmm. with the Lakeland Magic. And yeah. We see this all the time in you know other sports. I know it's it's very common in baseball that a guy, as he's rehabbing from injury, like get him some live game action against, you know, let's call it what it is, lesser competition. Help him get yep. his rhythm back a little bit. Help him get his confidence back a little bit. I, I don't know why more teams don't do that. People make the argument that they don't want these guys getting hurt in, in meaningful games. Guys can get hurt at any time in practice, in, you know, summer runs. Obviously, we saw Chet Holmgren get hurt in the, The pro am, you know, this past year, like that kind of stuff can happen at any time. Kind of hiding these guys from live action, I I don't think is the best idea. But it sounds like Jonathan is is still, you know, a little bit ways away. I don't know how quickly we're going to see him, you know, back playing for the Orlando Magic. I know we've been talking about this for two and a half years now, and it it feels super repetitive. And I know it's frustrating, but it is a good sign that he continues to progress. And this is going to give him more of an opportunity to work on that conditioning and get back to game shape. You know, the guy hasn't played in in two and a half years, so super exciting. Now, Monday before the the Bucks game, during Jamal Mosley's pregame availability, Kobe Price I thought did a great job uh, of really probing Jamal for information on what exactly is going on with Jalen because the right ankle soreness that he's dealing with. It is the ankle that he had surgery on at the beginning of the summer that I think was like a, a stress fracture or something like that in the ankle that he had surgery on, and Jamal basically told the the media that Jalen's ankle you know has been pretty sore for a while now. I'm guessing it started uh, against Atlanta, you know, that second game of the season on the road, um, and it, it's been sore for a while. And even though he's been sitting now for a handful of games. It's still pretty sore, so they're still it sounds like they're trying to figure out what exactly is going on with that and it being the the injury or the rather the ankle that had surgery um I think causes you know a little bit more concern there Luke,
2: yeah, uh interesting to see I mean great job by Kobe uh you said it in the our group chat this morning with, with me you and kev, and you were just like, man Kobe's been killing it and and so and you're right i mean he, the one-on-ones that he's been doing the way that he conducts himself in the press conferences really impressed by you know kobe's ability to just kind of step into the role um you know not having covered an, a team in the nba before and doing what he's doing i'm assuming making great connections getting you know inside information whatever it may be but just like developing relationships with players allowing you know them to feel comfortable enough to do one-on-ones Jamal to you know getting these questions, these answers out of Jamal with his you know thought provoking questions, asking the questions that other people don't want to ask. I mean, goes a long way, and and Kobe you know gets to do it at, you know day in and day out. So hats off to him. I mean, good to have somebody like that that that's willing to do that and you know put himself out there. Now that being said, you learn some things for better or for worse, and you learn that Jalen just. Has had this nagging ankle injury for a while now. And it does make you wonder how long will Jalen be out for the Magic? Because it feels like the way this front office handles things, you know, in the past, even this season, they've rushed. I don't know if they've rushed. That's probably not the right word. Jalen has come back quickly from injury. We've been like, oh man, this guy's like the Wolverine. And now Mosley saying that and just the way that he delivered it and those sort of things makes you wonder are the Magic gonna keep him out for a while now to this point and give Jalen a little bit of a break. His body in general, I'm sure his body's hurting at this point in the season, regardless. So we'll see how the magic handle it. I won't be shocked if he's out longer than fans want him to be.
1: Which is typically the case. And it's especially concerning because you know he was like playing on that ankle and then, you know, missed the second half a few games ago. I don't remember off the top of my head what game it was exactly but my thought was like, oh, like he might miss this game. He might miss a couple of games and then he'll be back. But the longer that he's been out and then we got that additional information from Jamal Mosley, definitely a bit more concerning. And it seems like he's going to be out you know, longer than perhaps I anticipated at least. But to be fair, that's that's usually the case. Like these guys are always out longer than I personally anticipate. So that's why you should not come to me for magic injury opinions. To your point about, you know, Kobe's just been doing such a great job. Not all beat writers are created equal. And the fact that we were able to go from the legend Josh Robbins and like now we have Kobe Price, like, could not be more lucky uh, in terms of like having guys to cover your favorite team. So obviously, Josh did a great job for a long, long time. And, and Kobe's just absolutely crushing it right now. Super grateful that that dude covers our team. Um, A last bit of injury update here, Uh, Mo Bamba, who's missed the last handful of games with the nagging back injury, he returned to the lineup Wednesday versus the Clippers. All right, before we get into these games, Luke, let's go ahead and shout out our patrons. If you have not heard, uh, we do have a a Patreon channel. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, where we have three tiers of benefits that you can choose from to help financially support the show. And really allow us to do everything that we do, including upgrading equipment, uh, doing awesome giveaways for our patrons, and uh, not even always for our patrons. Sometimes we just do it for uh, Twitter, fo- our Twitter followers and, and, and listeners and everything like that. So, uh, again, if you're interested, you can find us at patreon.com slash the 6 show. We do have a brand new patron this week that I want to give a special shout out to, Ryan Bowlby, coming through with the all-star tier Patreon. Really, really appreciate it. Welcome, Ryan. Uh, Hopefully you'll connect your uh, Patreon account to your Discord account and you can hang out with us in our Discord. And uh, we're always talking Orlando Magic basketball in there uh, throughout the day, throughout the week, uh, during the games as well. So uh, make sure if you guys are in our Hall of Fame or All-Star Patreon tiers uh, that you sign up for Discord and you uh, connect your Patreon account to your Discord account so you can join us in there. Always a lot of fun. And then we give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons on every episode, and we'll go ahead and kick it off with the Court Cousins, and then Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Godefus Show, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama, It's Not OKK to Say O'Kiki. I finally got that right, Pierre A, Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dotto15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Chad 3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Barus, Half and Shaheen 177. A big shout out to all our Hall of Fame tier patrons. Luke, on Monday, the Orlando Magic took on the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and we haven't beaten the Milwaukee Bucks since, I believe, 2018 it is now. They've been kicking our butts for four and a half years now, which makes sense. That's really when you know the Bucks kind of have taken over the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. And uh, this game was uh, no different for most of the game, I would say. Uh, really, throughout the first three quarters, Uh, The Milwaukee Bucks were were doing a really great job of of taking it to the Magic. Uh, Magic were down 16 uh, heading into the fourth quarter. And then luckily enough for the Magic, uh, the Bucks just have a big stretch in that fourth quarter when they went cold, Um, especially from behind the arc, just could not buy a bucket. And the Magic made enough plays uh, to make this a game late, Um, but were not able to pull it out. Uh, as the Magic lose this game. Uh, looking back at that fourth quarter, you hold the Bucks to shooting 31% from the floor, just 18% from the three-point line. It's not like the Magic were shooting the lights out. They shot 37% from the floor and 33% from behind the arc. But you make 10 of 12 free throws. You go the entire fourth quarter without a turnover, the Orlando Magic, which is a big deal. Uh, And you're able to close the gap just enough to make this a game, but ultimately fall 102 to 109 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he finishes with 34 points, 13 rebounds. He shot 57% from the floor. Uh, Really was the the Bucks' best player by far. I know that's nothing profound. We're talking about Giannis here. Um, But yeah, I mean, you get some some solid nights. A a great night from Moritz Wagner, 19 points, 12 rebounds. You get 20 and 12 from Paolo. You get 25 and 6 from Franz Wagner. 20 and 5, two assists, two steals from Markel Fultz. Uh, Just didn't really get enough bench production. Stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, And you're just not able to beat a very good Milwaukee Bucks team, Luke. And that was the Magic's ninth consecutive loss.
2: Not only do you not get much bench production, you don't get any bench efficiency. Caleb Houston, 1 of 6 from the field. Uh, Schofield, 50% from 3 and the field, which was nice. 0 of 9 for Cole Anthony, 0 of 4 from 3. Uh, RJ Hampton, 6 minutes, 0 for 1. And Terrence Ross, 2 of 10 from the field and 1 of 4 from 3. You're not going to do much good when your bench is, like you said, not only not getting you production, but doing it inefficiently and, and hurting the team. A bench is you know, role is to come in the game, don't lose the lead. And this bench overwhelmingly was, was terrible Um, in terms of plus minus Caleb Houston, minus 15 Schofield minus 13 Cole minus 15. Those were the big negatives, uh, the big minuses on the team, only one in the starting lineup. uh, That was Franz minus 10. But yeah, I mean, you, you're going to go as, as either side of your unit goes. The bench has been really the way this, magic team has either won or lost games a lot of the time. And you can look at the bench and say they played well. The magic had a good chance. They probably were in a close game or one. They don't play well. They got their doors blown off. Um, and the magic were frankly lucky to be this close in this game. Bucks let go of the rope in that fourth. So,
1: yeah, like you said, they just go super cold in the fourth, but give credit to the magic. I know people are, are sick of you know, hearing about like moral victories and, and whatnot. And I do agree to, with that to a certain extent, but you're able to hold Milwaukee to forty-four percent from the floor for the evening, and they shot thirty-two percent from behind the arc. The issue really in this game, like you you know, pointed to the bench unit, is the outside of a, a couple of guys, uh, the magic just were not able to to shoot the ball. I mean, eight of thirty-two from the three point line, uh twenty-five percent, uh twenty-six of twenty nine from the free throw line, that really helped keep you in this game, along with Again, we've talked about Milwaukee not being able to hit a a shot for most of that fourth quarter, um, but it was a much better effort, you know. And and we've seen this. Good teams, contending teams come into town, the Magic seem to get up for those games. For most of the first three quarters, you know, you're just not able to buy a a basket at all. And Milwaukee was shooting the ball relatively well um, until that disaster of a fourth quarter that they have. And uh, yeah, you're just not able to make enough plays down the stretch but credit to the magic for fighting staying in this game a much better defensive effort than other games that we've seen lately and you're just not able to, to come up with a victory I mean most of us going into this game it's the Milwaukee Bucks uh, you're not expecting to win that game but I will say like watching this game this is one of those like tolerable losses where you're like oh, okay it, it sucks that we lost but at least it's you know you're, you're not getting you know blown out you know, by, you know, Atlanta or 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 Philadelphia, whatever the case may be, um yeah. this was a, a much more palatable loss for the Orlando Magic.
2: Yeah, and I will say, Jonathan, the the silver lining in this, like you said, the Magic, you know, are able to to keep it relatively close with their fourth quarter efforts. The trend that we're seeing, and we'll talk about it obviously when we discuss the Clippers game, which I'm sure everybody is just dying to hear us talk about compared to this Bucs game. But what I will say is that the the trend that I've seen the last three games, the Magic win the turnover battle the last three games, including the Clippers game tonight. So hats off to the Magic. Maybe that is somewhere that you know we can continue to monitor. The Magic, I believe, uh, let's see. The Magic are fourth in most turnovers per game right now. Uh, only the T Wolves, the Warriors, and the Rockets are worse. So you know you're playing against these teams that are upper echelon teams such as the Bucs, such as the Clippers. And these are teams that just don't make mistakes very often, especially the Bucs, like 14 and a half turnovers per game. You're able to win the battle. And I think that that's going to reflect a lot, especially with a young team like the Magic. You have to win that category to give yourself a fighting chance. And the Magic have been doing that.
1: And then the the story of like season long, especially like during this uh, losing streak, I know we had. I think it was. I think Kevin told us it was like nine straight games where the Magic you know, lost the third quarter uh, until tonight. Um, but even in this game, you only outscored by five to the Milwaukee Bucks, and then you outscore the Bucks thirty to twenty one in that fourth quarter to give yourself a chance down the stretch. So, uh, but yeah, turnovers big deal for the Magic. You win the turnover battle. Um, and you out rebound the Bucks, like you're, you're going to have a chance to win those games. So it would be great to see the Magic continue that level of effort. Now let's talk about the reason the people are here—the moment you all have mm-hmm. been waiting for. As you might have heard, <laughs> to start this podcast, very excited tonight because of the Magic victory, right? You, you finally Magic win, baby! Magic win. Uh, it, it feels really great. Um, I will say and the record in our group chat can, can certainly reflect this the first half. I thought this was going to be another one of those games uh, where it really just gets away from you. The magic were down 18, 18 after the first quarter are able to fight back a pretty solid run uh, to end the first half. Um, I I think the magic went on like a, a seven and nothing run at one point late in the second quarter and then the Clippers kind of come right back, score a couple of baskets before halftime. And the Magic are down nine going into the half. But when I knew, and, and obviously apart from the run that they had at the end of the second, but when I knew the Magic were maybe going to have a chance in the second half was during the like halftime interview with Dante Marcatelli and, and Moritz Wagner. And Dante asked Mo Wagner, he said, what is it going to take? For the magic, you know, to what do the magic need to have in the the second half? And Mo Wagner said, belief and fight. Like, that's it. Like, you need belief and fight. And for those of you out there who are familiar with the, I think it came out in 2001, the film, The Replacements, starring Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. Keanu Reeves playing none other than uh, number 16 for the Washington Sentinel, Shane Falco and Gene Hackman playing the, the old coach, Jimmy McGinty. When they are playing, I think they're playing Dallas to try to make the playoffs, the last uh, game of the regular season, or yeah, the last game of the regular season, and the Washington Sentinels are down at halftime, and Jimmy McGinty is walking into the tunnel at the half, and he's asked by a reporter, what is it going to take for Washington to come back in this game? And he hits his chest. He says, heart. Miles and miles of heart, baby. And when I heard Mo Wagner say that, I was like, that's exactly what this team needs. Yes, you might not be hitting shots. You might not be playing your best basketball. But belief and fight is what you need in that second half. And it's really what this team needs in general right now, I think. You're on a nine-game losing streak. You've just got to find a way to win. And you might not be the most talented. You might not be the best team. But if you believe in yourself, you keep fighting. And the Magic did just that. And you're able to come away with an overtime victory, Luke
2: yeah super impressive um really second half for the magic you know like you said you you have that you know great run as well at the end of the you know second quarter so i mean just incredible effort by the magic uh like you said moritz wagner that was one point you know that was that was good to look back on and be like belief and fight like that that's what this team needs like you said but also They interviewed Dante did a, you know, one of his reporting just talking about being overhearing the huddle of Jamal Mosley and talking about what happened in that huddle. And I believe it was the second quarter. Um, I could be wrong, but he said, you know, we just need to essentially look for the open guy. Don't force it. The shot's not there. Don't take it. Terrence Ross said that, I believe, after the Phoenix Suns game, um, you know, they asked, you know, someone asked Terrence just about, you know, just... What what went right? You know what, what led to the win? And Terrence essentially just said, you know, not forcing our shot, realizing that if we just you know pass the ball, we don't take something just to make something happen. We don't need one shot. That's the big thing was like we don't need one shot to get back into the game. One shot will never get you back into the game. It's just you know one step, you know, one foot in front of the other type of stuff. That's essentially what Jamal said as well in the timeout. So clearly that's something that that Jamal's preaching. And the players are hearing it. It was just nice to see that, you know, the Magic did seem to pick it up, you know, after we heard that that's what Jamal said in the timeout. So just pass off to Jamal for for having a word in the timeout, get these guys going. And then I'm sure Morris Wagner had something to say in the locker room at halftime. He's stepping up, playing a big game, letting it all hang out. By all means, say something in the locker room. Like you deserve it. So, I mean, just incredible effort by him, Bull Bull. Palo and overtime with free throws i believe scores the magic's last like six points all at the free throw line hits them all this is a guy that struggled at the free throw line all year and you think he doesn't know that <laughs> like this guy knows it but he knows the game's on the line he said in the post game interview with dante you know i just wanted to do it for my team wanted to hit my free throws and and get the win and that's what he was able to do dante said it best Palo put the team on his back
0: and there was you know just it was a fun overtime
3: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, and and leading into that overtime, obviously like the bench played a big role in this game. Like You just kind of go down the line. Mo Bamba played 17 minutes, Cole Anthony 27 minutes. Admiral Schofield, 14 minutes. Kevon Harris, nine and a half minutes. Caleb Houston played 12 minutes tonight. And like they really did play well. Like you go down the benches plus minus. Mo Bamba was a plus 17 tonight. Cole Anthony, a plus 21. Admiral Schofield, a plus 14. Caleb Houston was a plus eight in 12 minutes. Like especially in the second half, those guys really gave the Magic a, a big spark that they desperately needed uh, to get them back into this game and you're making big plays down the stretch, Uh, essentially the the last minute of this game uh, comes down to uh, Markel Fultz. uh, Basically two isos. He gets fouled on one of them, uh, splits his free throws to tie the game up with 33 seconds to go. Um, A missed Kawhi Leonard fadeaway jumper with 30 seconds left that I swore was going in. Uh, Moritz (laughs) Wagner gets the rebound. You go back down the other end. You have a Markel Fultz and Paolo pick and roll. Uh, where Markell gets to his you know, spot on the, the right elbow, misses the pull-up jumper, and then the ball is going the other way, and Paul George pulls up for that three. And I think all of us, you know, listeners included, were like, oh, he's definitely hitting this. Now he misses yeah. it, and they go into overtime. And the reason that I feel that this is is really relevant is because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, have, especially Kawhi Leonard, have missed a ton of games you know in the, the recent weeks here. And those guys were essentially on a pitch count, you know, uh, know, on a pretty uh, tight minutes restriction. So much to the fact that going into the overtime period, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not on the floor. And at that point, I'm looking around like, so we're playing, you know, uh, Batum, Zubats, you know, Terrence Mann, Robert Covington. Like we have a, a real chance to win this game with these guys on the floor. And uh, you know Kawhi Leonard uh, plays a minute and twenty-two seconds in the overtime period, where it felt like it was close enough that you might be able to sneak him back into the game uh, and, and steal one. They subbed in Paul George uh, at the end um, on that long uh, where they, they Robert Covington tried to pass the length of the floor to Paul George, uh, but it was a horrible pass and it, it was errant and went out of bounds. But uh, Paolo Banquero, to your point, put the team on his back ten points in the overtime period. Um, He hits the pull up jumper and then I think either the next possession or two possessions later has the emphatic dunk and to me I was like okay Paolo knows he needs to show up in this overtime period he needs to make plays we need we cannot let this one slip away from us Uh, and then drives to the to the rim Uh, you know uh, one possession later I believe gets the free throw line makes both free throws Uh, I believe it was to give the magic the lead. And then uh, the Magic get the ball back, couple of turnovers uh, by the Los Angeles Clippers, including a five-second call uh, from Scott Foster. I believe there was like, I don't know, like five seconds left in overtime, something close to that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, NBA.com isn't loading the play-by-play right now for whatever godforsaken reason, <laughs> but I could not believe he called that five-second call. Kevin Tucker, producer here, he clocked it, and he said it it was a true five seconds. It was about five and a half seconds or a little bit over. Uh, So it was a true five seconds, but you just never see that called in that instance. But big props to Paolo Bancaro. Again, 10 points in the overtime really lifted the magic to this win. And the, the, the losing streak is over at nine games. It was really, really painful. The Clippers basically hand you this game, I felt like, by not playing Kawhi and Paul George in the overtime. But I'm not going to complain about it. A win is a win is a win. The Magic you know, snap yeah. the streak, and now you know you're home for Toronto on Friday night, hoping to get another W.
2: Yeah, um, I, dude, I in a game where like if you tell me going into this game that Franz Wagner, you know, essentially, I mean, let's be honest, quite frankly, lays an egg. Um, you know, Franz goes six of nineteen from the from the floor. He has one assist um and just like didn't I don't know so it just didn't feel right tonight from him uh if you tell me that's the case Markel goes 0 of four. um I mean up to the, honestly till overtime Palo I don't know what the field goal percentages were but it, he ended the game five of thirteen but it was much worse prior to overtime so like it just did it not like look 3 of ten at one point. yeah it didn't look great for the magic so if you tell me that like a lot of the key players for the Magic just fall short in this game. and But, you know, obviously, the Magic win this game. And a lot... Hats off to guys like Moritz and Bull Bol for stepping up offensively. Because without them, man, this game's a a fat L.
1: I will say, Franz, like, stepped up in the fourth quarter in overtime. You know, 6 of 19 on the night, 15 points. 11 of those 15 points came in the fourth quarter in overtime for Franz. So, like, yeah. Like, the first... I don't know. Forty-two minutes of this game, like, what was not good, but those final, what is? I don't know. I'm not even gonna try to do the math on that. Now I look like an idiot. But the, <laughs> like, the last few minutes of the fourth quarter and into the overtime, Franz was was very very solid. The person who really struggled tonight for me was was Markel Fultz. You know, tonight in twenty almost twenty-eight minutes, 0 of four from the floor, two rebounds, four assists, three turnovers, uh, score one point tonight. He was one of two from the free throw line. Um, you know, his first points came in the the last minute of regulation. You know, when he split the free throws there, he's got honestly, you gotta make both of those free throws, and the magic you know, probably don't see overtime in this game. But uh, and then bull bull 20 points, nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks, nine of fourteen from the floor. And then how could we not bring up Moritz Wagner? 20 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block, seven of thirteen from the floor, five of five from the free throw line. The spin move tonight, Avita Zubat just had no idea what to do with it. I think Mo no hit it like three or four times on him, and every single time it was, he's right at the rim for a, for an easy bucket tonight. I uh, just love the way that he competed. Uh, again, you know, you got guys in and out of the lineup, but having guys who are there to, to hold the team accountable. And I feel like in the past couple of weeks, Mo Wagner has been like the number one guy in terms of doing that, like talking about it. You know, in in post game conferences like that, the team just has to be better. And uh, but the fact that everyone's spirits were still really high, and the the fact that everyone in the building feels like when they do things the right way, they can beat anybody on any given night, uh, it is encouraging to hear stuff like that. So somebody that's unfiltered, giving their honest opinion, like, hey, yeah, we haven't been great, we're not winning games, but we're going to continue to fight and we're not going to give up. And again, hearing that sentiment uh, before the half tonight. Uh, w- was really encouraging to me as we record this uh, right before we started this. Uh, the Magic hadn't uploaded the player uh, postgame conferences uh, from tonight. I'm hoping yeah. Mo is going to be one of those. I really want to hear from him. But um, I know Wendell is usually like a, a really big vocal leader for this team when he needs to be. Uh, and in his absence, it seems like I know he's there on the bench and he's around the team, but it's completely different when you're playing You know, in the games. I do think that matters a lot. Mo has is really picked up the slack there, and all the credit in the world to him because he's he's balling right now.
2: Yeah, to your point, it's uh, they got they did bowl bowl and Mo Wagner uh, tonight were your post game interviews for the players. The other thing that I want Ooh, to spicy. add, Jonathan, is the rebounding um, in general. I mean, you you in a lot of times in the past, the Magic get out rebounded in the offensive glass. They are not reciprocating and getting on the offensive glass themselves. Like they're having a hard time on both sides of the ball, getting the boards, you know, finding a body, boxing them out. Tonight against the Clippers, uh, the Magic have uh, 16 offensive rebounds. The Clippers to that point had 17. But in the past, in the, you know, most games, when the other team has 15 plus offensive rebounds in a game, the Magic are sitting there with like 9 to 12, maybe. So it was just, was impressive to me that the Magic were able to get on the boards offensively um, without a guy like Wendell Carter Jr., who is a walking double-double and is going to get on the boards regardless. Super impressive. You're not in the three-ball well. The Clippers shoot 69% from the free-throw line. Nice. But the Magic shoot 90%. So hats off to the Magic for capitalizing, getting the free-throw line 31 times, hitting 28 of them. Obviously a lot of them came in that overtime period where Palo just could not miss from the free throw line. Just super impressive overtime specifically from Palo. And, you know, despite, you know, poor performances from, you know, players we've already talked about, Magic able to get this win. Um I, it you just needed one and the Magic got it.
1: Over the last two games, Luke, the Magic are 64 of 70 from the free throw line. Like absolutely shooting the lights out. How many was, games was that? Two. The last two games. So you were twenty six of twenty-nine against the Milwaukee Bucks, good for eighty-nine point seven percent. And you're twenty eight yep. for thirty-one tonight, good for ninety point three percent. So over the last two games you're uh, essentially shooting ninety percent free throw line.
2: Palo, Palo time, I think it was like
1: thirteen, 13 of fourteen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You went 13 to fourteen, crazy I mean that's the the Palo effect, man, in terms of just getting to the stripe. I will say, like I, he's always hunting to get to the to the line, and I think sometimes it it I think it is for the worst. Magic um, fifth
1: and free throw rate on the season, by the way.
2: Yeah, checks no out deal. for sure.
1: No big deal. Yeah. Actually, a massive deal.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is, Paolo tonight, some of those shots in the paint weren't falling for him. He said, like I didn't hit some shots early in the you know close shots at the rim. I do think that a lot of the time he is just relying on the whistle. And thankfully and uh unprecedentedly, don't know if that's a word, Paolo is getting whistles even as a rookie. So it's a blessing. But at the same time, it's like sometimes he drives and it's like you didn't actually think you like you were gonna, you know, have a shot at that layup, did you? Like it just looked like you were hunting for a free throw, for free throws, which is fine. It was great and it has been a huge part of his success early. But I do think that sometimes he relies on that too heavily, leading to things like being 3 of 10. We've seen 6 of 18 games from him from the field. It's hard to nitpick Paolo Banqueiro, Uh Did one of the things well that people often criticize tonight, shooting the, you know, just his free throw percentage. Going 13 of 14 for a guy that's 60%. That's I, I get great. it
1: because he hasn't been great recently. But, like, before the injury, he was, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was close to 80% know from the free throw line I know he hasn't been great recently so it's like an easy thing to to like nitpick about in the article um, that Kobe Price put out a a couple of days ago he had a one-on-one with with Paolo and just talking about I believe it was Tuesday actually I believe it was yesterday as we're recording this he talked about how in two games this season one against Boston and one against Milwaukee them sagging off of him so much and, and playing so much drop coverage is really like thrown off his shooting because like you're so open, and then he he said he's even like thinking about it too much, um, but he also mentioned in that article that he doesn't feel all the way back yet. He said that this ankle injury was the first time he's been injured in his entire life. He said I think it was in in like middle school he had a concussion that he had to miss like a couple of weeks, but out outside of that, like he's never had an injury like this. Um, so he's still kind of working his way back. He said he doesn't feel like he has all of his lift and explosiveness back yet, which makes sense. If you watch him, since he's been back from the injury, he hasn't looked quite the same that he did before the injury. And Luckily, it was just an ankle sprain. I think over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll see him kind of get back to form. NBA.com has gotten back to form in their NBA rookie ladder rankings. Paolo Banquero is uh, atop the ladder once again, and his is rightful place is rightful throne as the, the soon to be rookie of the year. Just call it now because it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, the ability where you're having a bad game and, and you can literally keep your team in the game and, and literally win the game at the free throw line is a massive deal. It's something the magic haven't had in, in, in so long, even if you go beyond Dwight Howard, like you probably have to go back to Tracy McGrady because, Dwight was an awful free throw shooter. Everybody kind of knows that. And tonight we saw a glimpse of the game is on the line. We need Paolo to show up. And this is like, to me, the first time in his career where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to will us to this win, like 10 points in the overtime period. Who, who can you point to other than, than Paolo for winning you this game in the, the extra period. Yeah. But at some point this year, we've been talking about this at some point during this season, you're going to see one of these like Giannis, KD-esque performances where he has like 35 points on like 60% shooting and just like single-handedly like willing the magic to a win. And it's so exciting to finally have that guy again, because not having that guy really sucks. We haven't had that guy for 10 years, Uh, but tonight seeing Paolo do that and, and not and knowing it's not like a flash in the pan. Like we've saw these kind of performances from Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon over the years, but you've never been like, okay, well, I know you can do that again. I know Paolo can do this again, and that's so exciting and so encouraging, and it's honestly yeah. just great to get a win, Luke. Anything else about this game?
2: Um, yeah, I'll just, I, real quick, I wanted to take just an absolutely massive fat L. I had mentioned earlier that Paolo sh- was shooting like in the 60s from a free throw line. He's shooting 73% um, that's what I was saying. Like, people, on the year. I feel like,
1: Lately, it's been bad, but overwhelmingly, he's been really, really good.
2: Right. Yeah. I don't think any stretch, honestly, though, has been in the 60s. I kind of did some stats muse, stat muse work, but um, I couldn't really find anything too glaring. I didn't think. But uh, but yeah, so eight and a half free throws a game, 73 percent. Obviously, you'd like to see him be at least like an 80 percent free throw shooter with that volume. Um, It is great volume. Obviously, we know that he's one of the best in the league already at getting to the free throw line. So he's going to continue. I mean, we know like in the clutch, obviously, after tonight, it's a big game. You've lost, you know, nine in a row up to this point. Those are pressure free throws for any player, young or veteran in the league. So for him to step up and hit all of his free throws in overtime was absolutely incredible. Massive to see from him. How many times, Jonathan, does a magic player in general, or people see their favorite, you know, one of their players on their team, or their favorite team, step up to the free throw line in the clutch, and they miss like the front end of the free throws, and it's like I oh, saw that with I Markel. Mean, yeah, Tonight. for sure. Yeah, exactly. What you can't. I'm going to on save you here. Right? Your, your
1: boy is thrown out a lifeline in six games uh, from uh, November 25th to December 5th. So, um, like the first Philadelphia game to mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks game. Shot sixty six percent from the free throw line.
2: Hmm. Okay, there's there's something. I got but you. I'm still an idiot, but thank you. Um, he, he
1: had a rough stretch, but I'm I'm not worried about it.
2: No, yeah, I mean rightfully so. And like I said, especially in the clutch, it's nice to know that we've got a guy like that that you know he steps up now and in the clutch and shoots those free throws. We don't have to wonder anymore. You know, we can trust that Paolo's going to make them. Will he miss some in the clutch? I'm sure, but Everybody every does. player does. But uh, huge by him to be in this situation, I believe, for the first time in his career. Maybe in the Kings game. I don't remember his free throw situation that game. But I know it was a big game for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean we get to see it finally play out. Paolo in the clutch. Getting to the free throw line. Um, just impressive. He's ridiculous. We know that.
1: So I've got a couple of other things on this game before we go ahead and close it out mm-hmm. here. So one is, is going to be kind of negative. Bull Bull, great game offensively tonight. He's he's got to put it together defensively. He right now he is such a liability, just in terms of like at times not in the right spot or just flat out losing his man on two straight possessions tonight. I believe it was in the third quarter. Uh, just completely loses Nicholas Batum, who was like twelve feet to his right. It wasn't like they're running like crazy actions or screens, right. pin downs, anything Scrambles. like that. Yeah. like literally just. Batum runs a straight line from one end of the floor to the other, goes to the corner. Two straight possessions, they got the the, the ball to Nicholas Batum, who did hit the three in the corner. And it's just we we see instances of this with Bobol just constantly. As great as he's been offensively, if he's going to be a starter long term for me, he's got to figure it out defensively. Like this this team right now needs to hang its hat on on defense. I don't care. How good you are, you know, offensively, if you are just a complete negative defensively, um, maybe complete negative isn't fair because like the weak side stuff that he does, like blocking shots is a right. big deal, but you just you cannot lose your man like that on, on a possession to possession basis if we want to win games. And then my last uh, point about this game, uh, we're going to end it on a positive note here is tomorrow you get 50% Mm -hmm. off your online order of Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. It's been weeks since we got to use this code, folks. Do not take it for granted. Make sure you use it. I'm going to use it for sure. I've missed the taste of Victory Pizza. Again, 50% off your online order tomorrow with uh, code MAGICWIN. Uh, 150 miles away from Orlando, you're still good as long as you're 75 miles outside of Miami. So, folks... Get that victory pizza. Take a picture of it. Send it to us. Doesn't matter if you're on Twitter or Instagram. Send that to us. We'll go ahead and share it to our story. Retweet it. All that kind of good stuff. Luke, looking at the final games of this week. On Friday, you're at home for for Toronto. And then you face off again Sunday night at home versus Toronto. How are you feeling about these uh, last couple of games of the week here? Do you think... The the win tonight will be able to build on that momentum and continue to play competitive basketball. I'm not saying we're going to win Friday, but do you think maybe the Magic figured some things out tonight? You know, in in terms of a young team learning how to win.
2: Um, I I think that it's a huge step in the right direction. Obviously, you get out of that funk that you are you know so desperate. They were so desperately in. I think it helps. While it helps, the Magic have had a couple of these series lately, little mini series, right? The Magic, you know, have that, what the Pacers, I think, and then the Sixers was the other one, kind of back to back. Magic don't get a win in any of those. The Magic need to at least split in this Toronto mini series. It would be big. What the Magic are at home for both games, right? So. You have to split. There's no reason that you can't split. We saw it tonight against the Clippers with Kawhi and PG. Staying in the game despite a terrible first quarter. a awful first quarter. You need to split this series with Toronto. If you can win both of them, that'd be great. Jonathan and I would be very happy and and, and thankful for that. But uh, yeah, to, to answer your question. Obviously, the, the win tonight helps. Gets you out of that funk. Gets you in the right mindset. Like Jamal said, you just need that one win. And then we can take it from there, take it game by game. Magic are able to do that. If they're able to do that, I think that they can split after what I saw against the Clippers. I know, I know, I know. I said that the Magic would go zero and four this week. We both, I did. believe, is what I said. We both did right, and I think we were perfectly fine to say that. It is not, you know, egregious at all to say that. You're a Markel but after seeing Fultz this showing
1: free throw away from losing this game tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of 50-50 games on the season. You could have easily lost this game to the Clippers. Just proud of these guys for for still fighting, sticking with it after that first quarter. You could have done like me and given up after that first quarter. I was like, oh, here we go again. Um,
1: but they didn't. I asked so in the beginning of the second quarter, can we start recording now? Because I felt like I yeah. knew how that game was going to end, and, and luckily it, it did not. Luckily, uh, Mo Wagner had different plans in store for us.
2: Mo freaking Wagner, MVP
1: love it. Yeah, I I'm just kind of in the the boat of I'll I'll believe it when I see it, you know, kind of mm-hmm. kind of mentality right now because you know, we we've seen the team over the course of the last couple of weeks show flashes of being like, okay, we're we were playing like crap, we weren't playing with a lot of energy, you know, you know, focus, all that kind of stuff, but we've kind of snapped ourselves out of it. Tonight feels like, all right, maybe maybe we we've we've taken a step in the right direction, but i was still like, eh, let's 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 wait and see. That being said, the Magic have to find a way to win one of these games. You know, you, you got blown out last week to the Toronto Raptors, now you've got them twice in a row at home. You got to find a way to win these games. You, you can't you can't lose all three to Toronto. You, you got to find a way to to win one of those. So, um yeah, I'll be ecstatic if the Magic are able to go 500 on the week. That would be a huge win for the Magic, I think.
2: Yeah, got to make it happen. I want, I want to win. What? Because we're what six and twenty? Is that what the updated record is now? Six and twenty. Be, make me eight and twenty going to that game against the the Atlanta Hawks, who have some some turmoil of their own with all Trey Young. Make me eight and twenty before that game, please. Thank you.
1: So, just again for for some perspective, you know, we're um it was trying to compare this to last season because we know it was just a horrible long. You know, grind of a season last year. So the magic were five and 20 last year, uh, but they did not get their sixth win until they were five and 25 and they uh, win in Brooklyn to go six and 25. They did win two in a row to go seven and 25, but then they didn't get their eighth win until they were eight and 35. So let's say the magic are able to pick up two wins going you know out of this weekend here. You go eight and twenty, all of a sudden you're fifteen games ahead of where you were last year. Just to kind of put things into perspective. Eight and twenty freaking blows. Your team still sucks. Let's let's just call it what it is. But being fifteen games ahead of your pace last year, where you ended up twenty two and sixty, all of a sudden I start feeling real good about that twenty six and a half wins. I was older. just about to say that. Suck it, Vegas. Yeah. We're we're getting the over. All right, is that our goal for the season now? Get the over. I I got to tell you, I feel a lot better with 180 bucks in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, if What'd you somehow do 100 we hit to win 180, I think it was 100 to win 180 something something yeah. around that. If if I had to guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that'd be nice for you. I'd be happy for you. I'd be happy because I like you know beating the under betters because they're you know losers. What?
1: I think I'm thinking of the Paolo rookie of the year odds. I'm pretty sure the over under was pretty close. I think it was like minus one ten, something like that. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I know Paolo's winning rookie of the year. I know I can bank that one hundred eighty dollars. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. That at was all. Uh, was that was that plus one eighty odds. I'm pretty positive. I, I don't have Bovada up right now. Um, but it's yeah. somewhere around there. Like it's pretty favorable. Like to me, it was like oh, free money, betting Paolo to win rookie of the year. So. Um. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Let's get a couple of wins this weekend. All of a sudden, eight and twenty. Then you're twelve games under five hundred. Who knows what can happen? We, we've seen crazier things, uh, you know, happen before. So, all right, folks. Don't forget, coming up next Friday, the sixteenth, we're going to be at Cavo's Bar and Kitchen for a watch party as the Magic take on the Boston Celtics. That's going to be at 900 East Washington Street in downtown Orlando. The watch party kicks off at seven o'clock. Tip off is at seven thirty. Again, Cabo's Bar and Kitchen. Make sure you guys come out. That is going to do it for us. For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Sixth Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go!